Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, Why Jesus Went to the Cross. Two very important things happened in the life of Jesus of Nazareth six months before the arrival in Jerusalem, the last Passover with his 12 appointed apostles. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record these happenings. Jesus asked his disciples who people thought he was. A prophet, they said. But Peter, speaking for all the disciples, uttered the great confession, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus then began to predict his upcoming suffering and death. We read in Matthew 16, 21, From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. The first event, Peter's confession, the disciples' confession, is that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah. And Jesus begins to tell them that the Messiah will suffer and be killed. The second event was six days later, when Jesus took Peter, James, and John, three of his closest disciples, up on a high mountain, and there he was transfigured before them. There the glory of Christ's own person shone forth from his very body and clothes. Luke gives us the most detailed account of that, and he writes in Luke 9, 29 and following. As he was praying, the appearance of his face became different, and his clothing became white, gleaming like lightning. And behold, two men were talking with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and were speaking about his departure, that is, his exodus, which he was about to fulfill in Jerusalem. Now Peter and those with him were very sleepy. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who were standing with him. And it happened that as they were going away from them, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. And let us make three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he was saying. And while he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered into the cloud. And a voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son my chosen one. Listen to him. And after the voice had occurred, Jesus was found alone. We call this the transfiguration. But what's so important here is the conversation that Moses and Elijah have with Jesus on the mountain. They're discussing with him his upcoming exodus, that is his departure from earth back to heaven. And that's going to be via the cross and then the empty tomb. Remember, Jesus is the incarnate Lord of glory. But the way back to the Father is by means of the cross where he will suffer for the sins of humanity. He'll be crucified, killed, die, and buried. He will be offering himself as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. We read Matthew 16, 21. So Jesus from that time on began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised on the third day. Jesus predicts three times his upcoming suffering, crucifixion, his death and burial, and his subsequent resurrection. 
So Jesus sets his face, Luke tells us, to go to Jerusalem. This expression, sets his face, is literally based on Isaiah 50, verse 7. The Lord God, that is, the Lord, the sovereign Yahweh, will help me. Therefore, I have not been humiliated. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. The expression, set my face like flint, captures Jesus' mindset of steadfast determination to go to Jerusalem for what awaited him there. In his garden prayer, he referred to this as the cup. For the next six months, Jesus makes this long journey through Israel all the way down to Jerusalem. On what we call Palm Sunday, he enters the beginning of the week in which the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread would be done. He came to the Passover festival And there he became in actuality the true lamb slain from the creation of the world who spares his people from the judgment and gains for them forgiveness of sin and a loving relationship with the Father. So Luke writes, As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. So here's the question. Why did Jesus go to the cross? Now, there are many reasons that we can give from the scriptures, but I only want to mention a few, in fact, four. The first reason is that Jesus always did those things that pleased the Father. So Jesus goes to the cross to fulfill the Father's will. In his obedience to the Father, he will bring him glory. Jesus says in John six thirty eight. I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. I am the good shepherd, says Jesus. I know my own sheep, and they know me. As the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. This is why the Father loves me, because I'm laying down my life so I may take it up again. No one takes it from me but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down, and I have the right to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father, John 10, verses 14 and following. Then Jesus told his disciples in John 12, 23, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I assure you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains by itself. But if it dies, it produces a large crop. Now my soul is troubled. What should I say? Father, save me from this hour? But that is why I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. As for me, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. He said this, to signify what kind of death he was about to die. That's John 12, 23 through 33. Now, Jesus talked about bringing glory to the Father in his prayer in John 17. At the end of what we call the Lord's Supper, Jesus prayed what we call his high priestly prayer. In many ways, this is the true Lord's Prayer. He says in verses 14 and 15, Father, I have glorified your name on earth. I glorified it by doing what you have assigned for me to do. And so I'm coming to you, and I pray on behalf of these. 
and then he prays for his disciples, those immediately with him, and then all those who will believe because of their testimony. That includes me and you, if you belong to him. Now, Jesus was fully aware after he finished this prayer and went to the garden to pray that it was the Father's will that he go to the cross. After all, he had come into the world to make propitiation for the sins of his people. That is, he had come to stand in their place and absorb the wrath of God that they, not he, deserve. By doing what the Father willed, what God in his triune nature and God's in his triune being had willed, Jesus brings God glory, and Jesus also receives glory. So that's the first reason why Jesus went to the cross. He went to the cross because it was the will of the Father, and it pleased the Father. Secondly, Jesus came into the world and went to the cross in order to fulfill prophecy. The prophecies were given in accordance with God's predetermined plan and purpose. We read about this in Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter is preaching to the crowds, he tells him that Jesus came to fulfill the Father's will. Acts 2.22 This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you use lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. In Acts 4, after the churches suffered their first martyrdom, they gathered together to pray. And as they prayed, they made a very interesting statement. I read, Sovereign Lord, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why do the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of earth set themselves, and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Acts 4, 24 through 28. So Christ came in accordance with the eternal will and decree of the almighty triune God, Yahweh, and he gave himself a ransom for his people. Jesus came in order to fulfill prophecy and thus to do the eternal will of the Father, that he would be the lamb slain on behalf of God's chosen people by doing this willingly out of his love for the Father and those whom the Father had given him. He brings glory to the Father, and he himself is glorified as well. A third reason why Jesus went to the cross is that he came into the world to save sinners. This is his own declaration. In Mark 10, 45, he says specifically that the Son of Man came to give his life a ransom for many. A ransom is a price that's paid for the purchase of something. So Jesus must pay the price of giving his life as a ransom payment. He dies in order to free sinners from the bondage to Satan and sin and the consequences of sin, which is death in all of its dimensions. Hebrews 2.14 and following relates this to us. It says that since the children, 
share in flesh and blood. He's talking about humans. He, that's Jesus himself, partook of the same things. That is, he became a human. That through death, he might deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. He also does this, being made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation, that is, an atoning sacrifice for the sins of the people. So Jesus came into the world to save sinners by the sacrifice of himself on the cross by being the substitute for the death and the hell that they deserved. On the cross, Jesus, in a way, was led right into the very thorns of the chief enemy of humanity, of God, and of his own chief enemy, that is the devil or Satan. The devil or Satan was the source of the temptation to which Adam and Eve succumb. The penalty for sin is death in all of its dimensions, that is, spirit, soul, and body, and ultimately, eternal hell. On the cross, Christ Jesus entered into death. He entered into our hell, and he won the victory over the devil by enduring death and then emerging victorious in his glorious resurrection on the third day. By his death, the scriptures say, he destroyed death and freed from Satan's enslavement the people that the devil held in bondage. He offered himself to the Father as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of his people and thus has become a faithful high priest for them. As our high priest, he takes us into the very presence of God who grants us acceptance because he's paid the debt that we owe. He endured the punishment that we deserve, that we might go free. And he does this out of a heart of love. That is the heart of love that the Father has for him and for all the people he chose in him before the foundation of the world. Why did Jesus go to the cross? Well, he went to the cross to bring us near to God, to reconcile us to God, to bring us into relationship of sons and daughters of God through faith in his name. Hebrews 12.2 says, Let us keep looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So this is a fourth reason he went to the cross. Jesus went to the cross for the joy, for the joy of having a people, a people that his father had given him before the creation of the world, a people that he purchased by his own blood, a people that belonged to him. So for the joy that lay before him, the joy of having his people, he endured the cross despising the shame. And after making purification for sins, he was raised from the dead. And after 40 days, he ascended into heaven and he has sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. There he is, waiting for the moment when the Father shall say, Go, and he shall return in glory to bring all of us who are his by faith alone into the everlasting kingdom he's won for us by his blood. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights. And the next time, remember Christ, the only Savior of sinners. You can write to us at 8441 
Honeycutt Road, Dallas, Texas, 75228. We would appreciate it if you might give us a rating on the favorite podcast that you might listen to, such as Apple or others, and tell us uh, how this sermon may have impacted you today. You may also call us if you would like to contact us at 214-324-9915 and leave a message and we'll get back with you. The Lord bless you.